we've really viewed technology as uh, you know a, a means to empower people, empower scientists and researchers to do things they couldn't do before, uh, to really maximize the human potential. This happens on a Sunday when nobody's around. The robots take out the plates, remember world media, add fresh media, and put the cell plates back in an incubator. But at Five Prime, it was from clone to clinic, from molecular biology to protein chemistry, process development, manufacturing, and clinical trials. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of different kinds of data. And it, it's very powerful, uh, and it really frees up people to do uh, more of the higher-level tasks. Uh, it's looking at that information, saying what decisions can we make, what insights do we have, how could we uh, progress these treatments to uh, patients faster. Hello and welcome to the Digital Biotech Podcast. We're a community of innovators at the intersection of science and data. Be sure to check out the website at digitalbiotech.com and sign up for our newsletter. I'm your host, Alok Tai. I'm the CEO of TetraScience, and we're a data integration and insights platform for the life sciences industry. Today, we're joined by Nelikan Arvindan. He's a senior vice president of strategic technology operations at Five Prime Therapeutics. Arvind, thanks so much for joining us today. Sure, I'm happy to be here. You know, what we'd love to do is maybe just kick us off with a little bit of your background and what got you to Five Prime in the first place. Yeah, so I've been passionate about uh, science, technology, and people and bringing them together to solve challenging problems. Early on in my career, I worked in the area of clean energy. I did my PhD at the University of Washington, Seattle, working on developing new catalysts for direct methanol fuel cells. Um, and then I moved on to industry to uh, work on materials discovery. I joined Simix Technologies, where I worked on developing uh, high-throughput robotic tools for discovering new materials. We had robots that could make all kinds of new materials and test them in different chemistries to make uh, new catalysts, to make ultra-clean fuels, uh, new types of polymers, and so on. So it was a very uh, exciting place to be uh, doing state-of-the-art materials discovery. Uh, and then along the way, I worked on applying those same principles into life science projects, you know, building robotics tools to automate formulation of biologics, uh, and then uh, moved on to Five Prime. Uh, Five Prime was a unique opportunity uh, from the point that Five Prime had a unique library, a cDNA library with which you can make uh, every protein, almost every protein in the extracellular. Uh, domain. Uh, so these are proteins expressed on the surface of cells or proteins secreted by cells. And we could use, we built robotic platforms to make these proteins, starting with transfection all the way to uh, harvest. We could make the entire 6,000 proteins uh, with our robotic platforms. And what that means is we can now test these proteins in different disease models and look for novel biological function and uh, the cause for diseases. And that helps us uh, discover new treatments for patients with serious diseases. Uh, and, and at Five Prime, we've uh, built a unique uh, robotics platform and a unique data integration platform that integrates data from clone to clinic. And uh, really, our role has been to empower scientists and researchers at Five Prime to uh, really do the kind of experiments they couldn't do elsewhere and discover new biology in ways 
never before possible. Yeah, you know, I think I'm both being a fellow uh, clean energy fan as well as um, material science sort of in background, really impressed with sort of the the breadth of experience that you've had, obviously um, spanning not only multiple industries, chemicals, energy, oil and gas, materials to uh, medicine, but also both sides of the vendor purchaser fence as well, right? So I think you've got a really interesting experience, and I feel like that all perhaps has helped underpin your philosophy of uh, your sort of data strategy and approach at Five Prime. So you know, would love to learn a little bit about both your philosophy around that convergence and implementation of technology in a scientific context, and then how that also translates into sort of the data strategy that you've put together at Five Prime. Mm-hmm. So, so we really view technology as uh, you know a, a means to empower people, empower scientists and researchers to do things they couldn't do before, uh, to really maximize the human potential. We we would like researchers and scientists to spend their time. Uh, think about scientific problems, coming up with uh, creative ideas, uh, designing experiments, interpreting data and information, generating insights and progressing science and discovering new treatments or discovering new materials. And we see technology as an enabler. Technology can help them do this better, help them spend their time on doing these high-value tasks, uh, as opposed to, say, uh, you know, just pipetting or um, uh, manipulating data in Excel spreadsheets. Uh, we'd like researchers to really use their human potential to do things that computers and technology can't do as well as humans yet. Uh, and we've built our whole uh, data integration platform and our robotics platform around uh, empowering our scientists and researchers and helping them uh, both do things more efficiently, explore uh, a scientific space that they didn't have access to before, and to spend their time on really uh, high-value tasks. I mean, have you come up with a name for that sort of platform? You know, we uh, call it our clone-to-clinic platform, but it's really, you know, bottom line is it's empowering scientists to uh, develop new treatments for patients with serious diseases. And we want to do everything we can to increase their probability of success with technology. Yeah, you know, I think it's really impressive to sort of see how you guys are able to have a schema and data infrastructure that spans all those different functions, Mm -hmm. research, development, clinical, manufacturing, but then also secondarily still has the patient in mind, right? Uh, Absolutely. We we always start, you know, ultimately what our enduring purpose is to uh, serve the needs of patients with serious diseases. And everything we do revolves around, you know, discovering new treatments that can improve the quality of patients uh, and give them new options for cures. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, as you think about implementing such technology and designing it from the get-go, obviously Five Prime has a unique environment in that uh, you're probably among the early employees and some of the early uh, IT folks there and perhaps Mm -hmm. had some element of blank slate. But at the same time, unlike a Merck or a Pfizer, which has lots of resources, we're probably also uh, constrained in that regard. So would love to learn a little bit about what the early days were like at Five Prime when you first joined in 2009, was it? That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had at that point uh, a team of you know, two informatics people and, uh, you know, we, we were using the traditional approach with databases and data integration and we were a much smaller company. So one of the biggest constraints were we didn't have the resources to hire more people. So we had and we had the vision that we wanted to support clone to clinic data integration. So the challenge was how do you do that with the 
you know, almost uh, no resources, so two people. Mm -hmm. And the other problem I've always wanted to solve was uh, this problem of silos, you know, data existing in silos that don't mm -hmm. talk to each other, and, uh, and also this problem of uh, scientists and researchers having to be dependent on informatics people to just get projects started or projects done. And uh, so we wanted to uh, change that. And Five Prime has a culture of innovation. So you know, we, we could think of new ideas and try them out and quickly see if they're successful or not. So one of the so we started to say, okay, what kind of uh, data integration infrastructure do we want to build? Given that we have few resources and we want to capture everything from clone to clinic, so we said first, you know, we can't hire a database engineer. Yeah. Um, so we need to have a database that requires no database engineer. <laughs> Two, uh, we don't want silos. So this database has to be able to capture everything from clone to clinic. Uh, so we actually, you know, thought about this and took advantage of some of the changes in database technology around that time and said, uh, we're going to build a database with an immutable schema. And you can think of the schema as a mathematical model that, uh, of tables and columns uh, and the relationships between them um, that would stay fixed. It's immutable. So you, you, you can model just about any experiment onto this database without ever having to add another table or column. And this could be an experiment in a phys physics laboratory. It could be a biology laboratory. But at Five Prime, it was from clone to clinic, from molecular biology to protein chemistry, process development, manufacturing, and clinical trials. Uh, so you know that's a lot of different kinds of data. So we came up with this model, with this schema, and we tried it out. We tried it out first in an early stage discovery, high throughput screening, uh, with large molecules, and it worked fantastically well. Uh, you know, it was amazing. It would save scientists that would. Scientists would take about two weeks sometimes to do some of these calculations with, you know, screens like high content imaging screens, and we could reduce that time down to a few minutes. Hmm. Um, and so you could immediately see the benefit. And again, we had two developers, uh, so you know, we also had to build a layer of web services to integrate with the database. Mm -hmm. So we again, our goal was to say we need as small a code base as possible with two people. You can't manage a large code base, so right. we built. Uh, highly reusable modular components, uh, RESTful web services that would then serve as the intermediate layer between the database and other applications. Mm -hmm. And we also said we're not going to spend time developing anything that's readily available off the shelf. So, yeah. for example, for visualization, we said that's not what we're going to build anything for. So we just use uh, Spotfire, for example, to just connect to our database so you can people can visualize data in every which way yeah. uh, they want to do. So we focused on the parts that weren't available at that time that you couldn't buy off the shelf. And then it worked fantastically. So with our success in early stage discovery, we then said, why don't we try this in other areas? For example, clinical operations and clinical data. How do we track clinical data? And you have to work with, you know, we work with CROs and a lot of different vendors, specialty labs, and you get data, all kinds of data. You know, yeah. Some come in spreadsheets, others are in CSV, some are PDF, and uh, a lot of different formats of data as well. And uh, you know, in the past, people used to uh, get this data and they would put them in Excel spreadsheets and they would have to manipulate them uh, to make charts and uh, um, analysis. And it's a lot of manual work. Uh, those clinical scientists would rather be interpreting data and uh, uh, in inferring uh, yeah. information and insights. Uh, so, so we worked with you know the CRs to say, okay, you know, put your data in the secure F2P site. Um, we're agnostic to the format of your data. It could be anything that you already have. 
just that if there are changes to your data model, let us know because uh, we, we want to keep that data model constant. If there are changes, we want to be able to um, reflect those changes. So, and we built a parser system that could parse data from uh, any source and put this into one database for the immutable schema. Yeah. And now you simply connect that database to something like Spotfire and you have real-time view of all the clinical data, whether it's, uh, you know, if you're a clinical operations person and you're looking at enrollment or uh, uh, dosing, uh, or if you're a clinical scientist uh, looking at trends in the clinical data or you're a pharmacovigilance monitor or a safety person looking for safety signals. Mm -hmm. Or you could be the CMO or CEO looking at data. You, you can have access to the data in one place, and it's updated automatically. And it, it's very powerful, uh, and it really frees up people to do uh, more of the higher-level tasks. Uh, it's looking at that information, saying what decisions could we make, what insights do we have, how could we uh, progress these treatments to uh, patients faster. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know, it's interesting, again, you know, coming back to the cloned clinic strategy of being able to span clinical development, process development, uh, research, right? Because I think there's very few companies, even amongst the bigger pharma companies that have more resources, that have a single system or schema that can actually accommodate all of that. Yeah, yeah. I think it is pretty unique, but I, I think it's not that hard to do. Uh, <laughs> I think it's really uh, how you architect, you set it up so uh, one with minimal resources, you can uh, have these reusable components. If you think of something simple as inventory management, right? Yeah. You have some sample in a container. The container has a unique ID. You know, In molecular biology, this could be a DNA sample. In protein chemistry, it could be a protein sample. In a clinical trial, it could be a sample derived from a patient. It could be a tissue. It could be a blood sample. But ultimately, these are all samples. They have a number of different properties. They have some parent-child relationships. You know, a blood sample came from a patient, so there's a parent-child relationship. And you could take cells from that sample and do different types of experiments. And these experiments produce data. But it, again, focusing on the inventory, it's a sample with a set of properties and relationships. And it's in a container. And that container itself could be within another container, like a vial in a rack, in a freezer, in a room, in a building, and so on. So just this simple concept of, you know, something's in a vial, that something sample has properties, and you can use this to build a, a web service to do inventory tracking. That's maybe, you know, 200, 100 to 200 lines of code, but you can now apply that to just about every inventory management problem, whether it's in molecular biology or it's a clinical sample, right? So we don't have to rewrite code because we have one database that captures everything and we don't have these silos, a clinical silo or a research silo or a manufacturing silo. We can now write one piece of code that addresses all these uh, sample tracking uh, problems. So, so that's why you have a small team uh, without having all the resources to do it the conventional way, we could actually uh, build this clone-to-clinic infrastructure uh, just by architecting yeah. architecting it in a way that makes it possible. And uh, as we discussed before, it seems like uh, scarcity drives innovation to some degree, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, fewer resources, but you have a grand vision. So how do you, you have to innovate to... Uh, and at Five Prime, we have this culture of innovation, and that was very helpful uh, as well. I, it would have been much harder to do in any... Uh, other place because, you know, we said when you have new ideas that are exciting, we're going to try it. And if it works, we're going to adopt them, even if it's, you know, c completely questioning the status quo and we're doing things differently than everybody else does. Yeah. Before we get into some of the more details uh, of Five Prime and some of the infrastructure you've put in place and some of the technologies, 
would love to learn a little bit, just really briefly, about how you've seen parallels between some of the challenges in drug development versus, say, oil and gas, right? Or materials. And specifically, I'm curious about the data siloing problem from mm -hmm. phase to phase or a stage of how a uh, product moves through a, a cycle. Any insight there? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, across research and development, whether it's in uh, chemicals and petrochemicals or, uh, you know, life sciences, you have the same problem. You have these data silos. Sometimes the extreme of it is departments have their own databases. And even within these databases, as more and more projects over time, you add more tables, more columns. And over a period of time, it looks like a big spaghetti of tables and <laughs> relationships. And it's really yeah. hard to infer anything. And uh, and then you put all these silos. So even within a silo, it gets really complicated and unwieldy. And then you have multiple silos. And it's really hard to ask questions about your research. If you want to say, okay, what did this? What have we done with this molecule? Uh, what effects have we seen with this molecule in different contexts? It's hard to answer those questions. So people end up spending a lot of time and energy just creating data warehouses and trying to integrate data. And even that data, you know, you always need a person to explain what that data means before you can even integrate that data. And you, know, you, you have people, uh, turnover, so that becomes even harder to do data integration. So what we yeah. said is you know, the data has to be self-explanatory. So in our immutable schema, we defined a way to encode data in a way that the data is self-explanatory. You don't need a person to explain what that data means, uh, which means now, uh, and again, because it's one database that takes in data from clone to clinic, we can ask questions about that data that you couldn't ask if it was in silos. And now it's not dependent on any one person yeah. who did that yeah. experiment or uh, yeah. who may or, or may or not has be control here. over access or anything like that. Right? Exactly. So it's really making the data transparent, making it widely available, uh, having the data in one place. So you can ask questions that span the entire from uh, the first DNA uh, that we started with all the way to a clinical trial, including you know thing in the, in, along the way, uh, the first cell that this DNA was transfected in that went into manufacturing. Mm -hmm. uh, we can capture all of that in one place. So it's avoiding silos and making it easily accessible to people. That's a uh, that's very powerful and. For sure. And, and so really, when we think of our infrastructure, we think of our database, for example, as something that scales not just by size, the amount of data you can capture, but really by function. And I don't think there are many equivalents of databases that scale by function. They can solve so many different problems across multiple functions with yeah. the same uh, sort of high-level uh, uh, architecture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of, I think, companies often get stuck or they get in trouble is because they aren't able to break down the silos. And then second, I also think there in, ends up being dynamics in, say, modality. So for instance, companies that initially were focused on small molecule now trying to do large molecule, and the infrastructure they put in is irrelevant, right? So it's, it's interesting to sort of see how you guys have been able to span that with an immutable schema at its mm -hmm. core. So you know, from that point, I, we've obviously talked a lot about uh, data and our, uh, infrastructure and data integration, which is obviously a topic near and dear to my heart. But we'd love to learn a little bit about some of the other technologies that are relevant uh, at Five Prime. Uh, I know we'll be hopefully sharing uh, some video and some materials from Five Prime later. I think uh, uh, as part of the, this uh, release, but um, we'd love to learn, say, uh, about uh, some of the automation systems that you guys have also implemented. Yeah. So uh, you know, Five Prime has, like I was uh, referring to earlier, a library that of DNA that with, from which we can make uh, you know almost every protein in the extracellular domain. That's about six thousand proteins, and these are. Uh, you know, really hard to make. They have to be made by cell culture. It's not like making small molecules where you mix things together and 
do a few unit operations and you get what you want. So, and also when you make these proteins, they have to be in their right state, meaning they have to have the right uh, three-dimensional structure, they have to have the right glycosylations uh, to be biologically active. Uh, so it's incredibly challenging to, say, make 6,000 proteins all in their right biologically active form. And 5' Prime has perfected the methods to do that with uh, our robotic platform. So uh, in a typical week in 5' Prime, uh, on Friday, the ro uh, you know, uh, there's a robot that will cherry pick the different 2D tubes of DNA. And then uh, there's another robot uh, called BART, you name them after Simpsons characters, uh, that can actually do the transfection. So every Friday we do transfection, we transfect DNA into uh, cells on a large scale. And then by Sunday, uh, these cells have uh, these cells are sitting in microtiter plates, uh, and each well in a microtiter plate is making a different protein. Uh, by Sunday, these cells have used up the media, and they also have these transfection reagents that are toxic to them. So we have to remove that spent media and add fresh media. So this happens on a Sunday when nobody's around. The robots take out the plates, remove old media, add fresh media, and put the cell plates back in an incubator. And then by Tuesday, we actually harvest these proteins. We spin down the cells, the centrifuge on the robot, and we harvest these proteins. And then uh, scientists bring different disease models. These could be uh, cell-based screens that, again, the robots do the screening. They'll treat these uh, cells with uh, the different proteins. And, uh, and then you could stain them, or depending on the analytical readout. And then you can see what happens. What, what did a certain protein do to a... A, a disease model, did it make the disease worse? Did it make it better? Or does it have some other role in this disease? And that then gives us insights into how could we develop a treatment, uh, understanding this novel biological function. Mm -hmm. uh, and we screen, uh, so our robots make the proteins, they screen the proteins, and our data in integration infrastructure in the back end automates all of the bookkeeping, the sample tracking, the analysis, the algorithms that need to be run, and say if you're doing high-content imaging, you could have millions of images. Yeah. All the algorithms that are running in the background. So as a scientist, you pretty much you know load up all the reagents and the robots. You wait for the robot to do what it needs to do, and then you can go to your desktop or laptop and just look at you know a, a visualization of what's actually happening. The data as the data comes out, plate by plate, you see you start seeing uh, trends, you start seeing um, charts, pictures. Everything in close to real time because it's all uh, automated. So as a scientist, you can uh, quickly look and start making decisions. In the past, it would take you know a lot of time just to do data analysis, but now yeah, you've automated it's automated all, that. all yeah. that. It's interesting how you've uh, been able to identify ways and priorities for merging sort of the physical and the digital, right? Because mm -hmm. I think a big challenge has been that you have a fairly diverse ecosystem of processes and instrumentation and file formats, etc. And I think that often requires historically a human yep. to be the interface, right? The human API, as we like to describe yeah. it, right? Um, between uh, your endpoint system of record and the physical process, the experiment, right? Yeah. So, you know, having robots do a lot of these experiments also helps us track things. Uh, you know, all the plates are barcoded. We know exactly what was added to what well and when did that happen, how it happened. So all of the bookkeeping that if you're doing experiments by hand, you'd be doing it on an Excel spreadsheet or something are now tracked by software. And 
we also take that into other areas. So you talked about early stage discovery with our library, but even cell line development for manufacturing. And so you start with, you know, you know the drug, uh, large molecule you want to make, and you have to make it in a cell line. And you want to find a cell that can, a clonal cell that can make this molecule in the largest quantity with the right quality, right folding and glycosylation and all of that. Mm -hmm. So we start with something like 15,000 clones, and we had to pick <laughs> the one clone that's then going into, you know, ultimately going to produce the drug that'll go into patients. Yep. And all of that's done by a robot as well. And the robot tracks that very first clone all the way through bio different levels of screening and bioreactors to GMP manufacturing. Totally. Uh, so we've been able to extend that infrastructure. Again, it helps, it empowers people by giving them access to data real time to help them make decisions faster and also uh, have insight, being able to compare things to historical uh, data. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and automate the manual components, but then also hopefully focus in on the analytics and the insights as you talked about. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's incredibly impressive, I think, what you guys have built at Five Prime. And most importantly, I think, with the limited number of resources that you guys have had, right? Yeah. And it struck me that what's made it happen, and I think we've talked about before, is one, a culture of innovation that probably comes from the top, the yes. leadership at Five Prime. But then secondly, also is a focus and a philosophy that ensures that you're keeping things simple and also focusing on the value that you can empower with the scientists as opposed to some interesting technology that you could implement. Uh, absolutely. I, I just want to add, you know, the culture of innovation, we try to have it be part of the entire uh, it's company. It's not necessarily top down, but mm -hmm. uh, it is supported all the way from the very top of the organization to the newest person that joins the organization. We, we see that innovation as a core value, and that's how we could do things better, develop novel treatments faster. And in terms of simplicity, yeah, we, we have, as a small company, we have fewer resources, so we have to uh, maximize those resources. So we said, you know, for, for example, code. We have a really small code base for what we do from clone to clinic, and the reason is with a few people, you can't have a large code base. It takes a lot of time and effort to just maintain code base. And we also have this principle of, you know, we don't write code unless it's absolutely <laughs> necessary. If you can solve a problem, it's something that you already have, you know, the inventory example I gave earlier. Mm -hmm. So we try to build modular reusable code that could be reused in multiple places. So that's, again, how we try to minimize our code so that our engineers, uh, the few engineers we have, spend all their time developing solutions to new problems. And the other side we did is we empowered users to be uh, you know, self-sufficient, independent. So they don't have to rely on an informatics person or other people to get their job done. If they have a new experiment, new project, you know, they can do a lot of the work yeah. themselves. So that frees up, again, the engineer's time to work on uh, solving newer problems rather than supporting totally. existing uh, existing legacy systems, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting, um, you know, your comment uh, reminds me of a conversation I had with a gentleman named Andrew Shiremeyer, who's an executive at Intellia Therapeutics here in Boston. And his philosophy around software and data and platforms has been that software ought to deliver more value than the scientist or individual has to put into it. Mm -hmm. Which I think is sort of similar to sort of the mindset I think that you've been uh, advocating for. But, you know, I think across the board, I'm sure, for, whether it's folks in IT or science or uh, in positions like ours, all realize that a lot of the challenges we have today, I think, are less about technology and more about sort of people and behavior. Obviously, you know, maybe this is a topic we could perhaps pursue in a subsequent discussion. But I think it certainly seems like you guys have had, fortunately, a lot of good support and 
hopefully a little bit of persistence to make it successful at five prime. Uh, absolutely. I think the culture plays a key role in the adoption of technology and the effective use of technology. And uh, at five prime, we've been really fortunate with a team of great people that are uh, very open-minded, uh, open to innovation, open to new ways of doing work. Yeah. Uh, and so it made it really easy for us to bring in these new technologies and implement. Like you said, you know, it's easy to build technology as an engineer, but getting people to use it effectively and having a culture where people can adopt newer ways of doing things, that, that's incredibly challenging. Absolutely. And I think we just uh, being a small company and having people with that open-minded attitude and a mindset for innovation helped us yeah, uh, awesome. do what we did. Made, made it look easy. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Arvin, would love to thank you for uh, being on the podcast with us today. It was a, it was a wonderful pleasure and I uh, look forward to uh, the next conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me here and it was a pleasure talking to you as well. <laughs>